to Multiversal Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And today we're talking about Ant-Man and Wasp by Tim Seeley. Tim Seeley is the guy who's done the whole bunch of image series. He's also Dave Grayson. Uh, he's doing a new series for Marvel after... Uh, he's doing the new really? Blade series, where it's Blade's daughter, I believe. Oh, okay. And... I mean that... Oh, is it not both of them? I thought both of them were in it. I don't know if it's both of them or not. Okay. But uh, that sort of makes sense because the series that he sort of came to fame with was Hack Slash, which was about a like horror movie heroine sort of fighting monsters, so it's very... Except for they could do that if they wanted to. It's called Just Give Elsa Bloodstone her own series. That would have been great. Because, like, when they started rumoring that they were going to do a Blade series, it was going to be about another Monster Hunter. That's what I was hoping. Because who does not want an Elsa Bloodstone series? Everyone likes her little miniseries. I guess that's the thing. That's what I wish Marvel would start doing, is publishing a bunch of miniseries of, like, some of the lesser-known characters. Like, frequently, but not all the time. Or you do it as an anthology series. Again, like, uh, that's how they started off Amadeus Cho and Aranya and a few other characters. Yeah. Where they were just trying to reboot old premises. Yeah. But I think they stopped doing that because they weren't selling all that well. But if you're going to be... Well, that's why I think the, the whole, like, miniseries, I think it would be a good thing. Just because, all the, because like, what, Shang-Chi's had, like, three in the last couple years? But have they sold well enough? He keeps coming back every single time, so... But I think that's more the have people who really want to write Shang-Chi as opposed to anything. But no, I mean, I'm not opposed to that idea. But I think that's more of the thing. It's like, if you keep doing, like, the... I think if you do, like, a miniseries, people are more willing to buy them if it's only a couple issues and then they get a break rather than committing to a whole new ongoing series. Yeah. I'm always much more at least inclined to do a... a picking up another miniseries over an ongoing. But... That's neither here nor there. Yeah. We're here to talk about Ant Man and Wasp. And, uh, like I had said, the uh, series was written and illustrated by Tim Seeley. Victor Olazaba did the inks, Val Staples was on colors, and Simon Boland did the lettering. And I can go over Wasp if you want to go over Ant Man at the time. Yeah. Uh, Hank Pym started off as Ant Man. He had comic book mental issues which uh, they ended up later saying was bipolar disorder which is a pretty good summation for everything that happened but at this point his wife Janet Van Dyne who had been the wasp had ended up dying and their relationship had not ended well Uh, he had assaulted her uh, while going through a bipolar attack in something that's really complicated to deal with art. and It was supposed to be this huge redemption story for Hank Pym, and instead of him just, like, I don't want to say gently slapping her, but, like, well, I the art... An, I read an interview because I wrote about it in my senior thesis. It was an accident. It was supposed to be yeah. him, like, throwing his arms around... Talking, yeah, like and she would be behind him and he yeah. wouldn't see her and would actually like, hit her. And instead he's pretty much ducking her, like knocking her back. Yeah, because uh, Jim Shooter wrote about that. Yeah. And so I'll link to that because uh, Kieran Shiak of Journey into Missouri, uh, he did an episode that went up the day that we're recording this about Ant-Man and Wasp. So, I mean, that's a pretty good summation. But 
you don't want to spend an hour listening, you got our summation. So at this point, he's been trying to go on a redemptive tour. He believes he's the scientist supreme of Earth, and he's also running the Avengers Academy, and he's using his ex-wife, uh, his dead ex-wife's uh, codename. Yes. Which is... Kind of weird. It's Hank Pym stuff. Yeah. He's also had, like, five different personas over the 50-year <laughs> period. Yep. No one else has. But um, the other person we have is tonight is Ant-Man. Not the one that you're about to see in the movie, Scott Lang. This is actually the third Ant-Man, Eric O'Grady. The irredeemable Ant-Man. Yes. Eric O'Grady is basically the most stereotypical Irish-American you could think of. From Boston, flaming red hair, and the mutton shops. He's pretty much got the entire package right there. Might as well be a member of Dropkick Murphys. But anyway, he becomes... <laughs> I'm making so many faces right now. Yep. Uh, I, I started re-listening in our comments. Your comments, mostly, against red-haired people. Are, uh... We have friends who are... It's what happened red- when you had a redhead best friend. Yeah. Growing up. And uh, his younger brother, who you picked on. So, I mean... Yeah. It's something where, you know, there's that whole internet subset where they're very anti-ginger for horrible reasons. And so I just wanted to make it clear that we do not actually have issues with red-haired people. Except for two of them. Go ahead, Taylor family. But yes, anyway, so you have Eric O'Grady. He becomes a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. And I don't actually remember why he wants it, but he want, basically he just takes Hank Pym stuff by smashing him in oh. the face with a rifle. Uh, no, what had happened was uh, he and a partner were put in charge of guarding a door and uh, just were told yeah. to guard it. They weren't sure if they were supposed to keep people in or out of it. And so Hank Pym walked out of the door. They thought he wasn't supposed to leave, so they smashed it. Uh, O'Grady stole the suit. Yes, that part I know. And yeah, he kind of becomes off doing his own little magical thing. Where basically, he's kind of the world's biggest douche. He's, he's just a womanizing asshole. And I mean, pretty much the most famous thing that people know that he did was he shrunk down to a, in his suit and basically spied on Miss Marvel at the time of showering. Yeah. Uh, he's sort of, what if an asshole got superpowers? Yes. Which... Yeah, I mean, that that pretty much sums it up. Basically, he's like a character from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia getting superpowers. Yeah. He's like if uh, Mac got superpowers. Yeah, basically. Especially because the religion comes into play in this one quite a bit. Well, they're both, they both go for the Irish there, too. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, Hank Pym is trying to build a better legacy than being the wife-beating evil robot maker who keeps getting his suits stolen. And so at this point in time, he's making six Vanit, or Janet Van Dyne Centers for Women. He's teaching at the Avengers Academy. And Goliath, who had previously been one of his best friends and like fellow scientists, uh, who was Goliath, who turned huge. Kind of uh, got zapped by an evil robot Thor during the superhuman civil war. Yeah. And uh, so he's trying to make heaven for Bill Foster. And Eric O'Grady, meanwhile, is trying to trick a woman that he slept with into leaving his apartment out of the back door because he thinks that she's not attractive enough to be seen leaving his apartment. Yes. Fucking 
Except for the way that he gets her to leave, though, was quite amusing. Yeah. It was, Dr. Doom is coming to kill us, you gotta go quick. It, it, it's, it's funny, but... Yeah, I, I, I punch him in the balls. Uh, and as she's leaving, he runs into Black Fox, a uh, master thief. And I don't know if Black Fox existed before this. I believe he did. Okay, and uh, he warns O'Grady that uh, AIM is Fnord uh, trying to steal one of Hank's Fnord inventions, and O'Grady is paid with a Fnord we, and Black Fox keeps saying Fnord. But it's okay, because he got his Wii back that Black Fox has stolen from him. Yes. And then they agree to play Just Dance before O'Grady goes to meet up with the Avengers. Well, he, his uh, also somewhat girlfriend shows up and say, says that she's impressed that he's trying to be a better hero. But then she immediately finds a brawl that the woman he had slept with had left there. and uh, They're sort of back to square one. Yep. Meanwhile, Earth 9939, which I'll get to later... Uh, is starting to sort of infringe on the 616 reality. And so Hank and Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four, Mr. Fantastic, are trying to stop that from happening. So Hank goes and tells Eric to wait outside because he is not a level 8 intellect. Which is great. Yep. And uh, so Eric talks to Tiger, who is a cat woman in a bikini, who's sort of in a relationship with uh, Pym. Yeah. yeah. She has Hank Pym's Scrolls cloned baby at this point. Yeah. And uh, Tiger pretty much says, hey, if you try any shit with me, O'Grady, I will fucking eat you. Yep. Which is fantastic. And then O'Grady sees some of the... Avengers Academy of Kids. Uh, he runs into Vale, who can turn into gas. Finesse, who is the daughter of Taskmaster. And uh, Stryker, who has electric powers. Yep. And uh, he tries to get the girls to drink with him, even though they're underage. They're also Scott Pilgrim fans, because they've got a Scott Pilgrim poster in their room. Yeah. And O'Grady ends up drinking all of the alcohol that he brought with him and then passing out, because he's really depressed. Yep. And so they do the shaving cream on the face prank, which isn't really well illustrated here. No. Uh, and, Not really at all. Yeah. So as O'Grady is passed out and left alone, this mysterious pink gas escapes from his head, uh, and it attacks and wraps up Hank Pym in this metal ball, and it's a lady who is described as a green Betty Page in the 90, which is pretty much the way that you describe her. Yep. Uh, Reptile, who can turn parts of his body into dinosaur parts, and Metal, who has red metal bones, and Tiger show up because Hank's been captured. Uh, who knows? And Stryker goes to uh, mess with Eric O'Grady. He sees he's the... still mad because he's been basically demasculated in front of uh, the two ladies. The two ladies. Yeah, Stryker is trying to be the macho man. And uh, Avengers Academy was such a fun series. It was. It was good. Mm -hmm. And he sees the green lady go back into O'Grady's head, and then uh, Eric wakes up, and he accidentally puts shaving cream on his face because he got pranked. 
and he blames this on Stryker, and before they can start fighting, Tiger breaks him up, and uh, Hank, who's now been freed, reveals that O'Grady had brought her into the base, and that she is a sleepwalker. Uh, can you explain the sleepwalkers, or do you need me to do that? No, I can do sleepwalkers. They were in the Miss Marvel series. Basically, you have sleepwalkers. They're kind of like a different dimensional type of creature, but basically they live... They can only really be present when they have, like, a host is asleep or not conscious. Yep. Which makes us weird because she's not necessarily free from not sleeping, but we find out that she's a hybrid of a sleepwalker and a human. Yeah. And in the mindscape where they come from, the sleepwalkers are the dream police. Yeah. The dream police, I don't know these lyrics. <laughs> the episode's over. Let's just hang it up now. Uh, and then we cut to the uh, Netherlands, where we find out that the mysterious green lady is called Anesthesia. And she escaped through the mindscape uh, through her father with what looks like a golden ring and it, or a uh, halo, and it's called the Eye Heaven. Which, remember when everything technological had the apple eye put mm-hmm. in front of them? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It still kind of does. This was 2011. Yep. Then it cuts right over to Black Fox. He was drinking out of a nice big pineapple with the little fruity umbrellas everywhere. It's about to start making it with some old timers. And, and basically you just learned that he totally screwed over O'Grady. And that he is working for Monica Rapacini, who is currently the head of AIM, the Yellow Beekeeper guys, and her plan is to sell heaven. Yep. And so Hank explains that Black Fox saying Fnord was a way of sort of putting in a subconscious beacon so uh, Anesthesia could find her way uh, into Grady's mind. Yeah. Which is a cool idea. That's some uh, Inception stuff right there. And then basically he explains to Grady what was stolen, which was heaven. Basically it was a thing that him and Goliath had worked on. And basically it was, they, would, they could put their consciousness into basically a machine so that your mind could keep living after you die. And it was basically made to be like heaven. And so AIM plans to reverse engineer it, but in doing so, destroy Bill and his soul. Yep. And initially Hank wants to bring Tiger with him into the mindscape. So Grady says he wants to fix his legacy, which is a like buzzword for Hank Pym. And the two end up in the mindscape, where their ideas sort of form their being. Yep. So Hank is, like, surrounded by ideas and, and formulas. And, and gills. <laughs> yeah, like, pictures of his wife with a skull for a face, and O'Grady is surrounded by... Naked women. Yeah. And we end up seeing... He's literally covered in dirty thoughts. Yep. And we see uh, Rappacini doing a broadcast to sell uh, the Heaven device to Sheik's. Senators, starlets, and supervillains. And I would like to thank uh, Dog Underwater on Twitter and also uh, Tim Seeley for explaining who the supervillain that they show in this is. Do you know who that supervillain is? Uh, they have read it off your Twitter. Yeah, it's uh, Funny Bone, who was the guy who Tim Seeley made, who no one else has used. Yep. And uh, Maybe he'll appear in the new Blade series. He's got a skull for a face. It could be. 
And so Eric and Hank have this discussion about the nature of souls and how Eric has issues with there being an artificial heaven because he's Irish Catholic. And Hank really doesn't believe that there is a God or a heaven and that everything can be explained scientifically. Which is interesting because O'Grady points out that you've met actual gods. Hank's just like, no, they're beings that are stronger than we are. From other dimensions. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh... Yeah, so no, you get a nice little thing there. Yeah. You don't really get the whole religion thing with many superheroes except for, uh, Daredevil. Well, in Nightcrawler. Yeah, oh, that's true. And they get through only to find aim guards pretty much waiting for them. They're able to escape, and Eric is just like, I'm tired of you judging me, Hank. And Hank is just like, I chose Paul Rudd to be my, uh, follow-up. Or, not Paul Rudd, Scott Lang. Yep. Not you. And Eric just stole the suit, so uh, Eric blames Hank for Scott dying, which isn't really Scott's fault. It's Jack of Hearts slash Scarlet Witch. Slash mostly Scarlet Witch. Slash Cassie Lang, not going back in time yet and preventing the death yeah. while also dying in place. Comics! And so uh, Hank just punches him in the face. Until Dean brings you back. Yep. But and, yes. Well, basically, you have a really great awesome moment here, which is they come out of the father of anesthesia to get there. And you have a great little moment of, oh, um, O'Grady just kind of like holding a gun up to him saying, let us go, or I'm going to shoot the old man. Yeah. I am also kind of a supervillain. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Monica Rapacini shows up and injects O'Grady with a toxin, that causes his pin particles to start acting up painfully. Yep. Because normally when you're transforming with pin particles and growing bigger or growing smaller, you don't really feel anything. And so this is causing his body to sort of enter into a state of flux, so he is feeling... Everything. Yeah. So uh, Hank and Eric run off to hide, and Hank connects Eric into Eye Heaven to cut him off from his body, sort of turning him into a digital consciousness. That mm-hmm. way you can say, Bill... By pretty much putting him into an external hard drive. Yep. Well, Hank is going to go and try and find a cure. But before he can, he gets kidnapped by Monica, who then asks him to join AIM. Uh, Hank is... Hank escapes through her first trap, but she reveals that she has over a hundred ways. I think it's like 131 ways to keep him captured. Because she thinks that, uh... Hank is like her, that he needs to be challenged. And I sort of got the feeling that she's not necessarily autistic, but maybe a bit here. Because she talks about like how hard it is to relate to other people, and how she's been looking for another person whose intellect matches her own and who can understand her. And it's not it, autism at all, dude. Well, not autism, but... It's, it's basically, I mean, no, she feels that she's basically smarter than everyone else, so she, like, has no one that, like, reaches to her level. Some of the words had me read it differently. No. Yeah, that's me. Um, and Hank is just like, yeah, not really. And uh, meanwhile, inside Bill Foster's uh, heaven, since Eric is a digital copy, he can turn himself into other people. And he turns himself into Hank Pym. After turning himself into Miss Marvel. Yes. 
And, yeah. Uh, he ends up getting Bill's attention as Hank Pym. And as they start to escape, Bill remarks that heaven, while it's perfect, is empty without the people there. Yep. Which is horrifying to think about. Yeah. And, uh... Hank has been breaking through Monica's traps too fast, and so she asks if he... If Hank made this artificial heaven because he thinks that he's damned. Yeah. Which... Is a damn good question. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, meanwhile, uh, Anesthesia is with O'Grady when he wakes up, and she explains that Monica had promised to help her father, who is currently brain-dead, but she doesn't really want Monica to kill anyone, and she's tired of, uh, Rappasini not curing her father. Well, she also doesn't want her to get hurt either, Mm -hmm. because they're kind of pals. Yeah. So, she, uh... Has him promise to leave without hurting anyone in exchange for curing the toxin. And, uh, she cures the toxin, and then O'Grady immediately zaps her. Yep. And makes a comment because she finds out that she's bold. So he's not as into her. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, Hank realizes, uh, why he was able to find Ames base normally. because uh, he had tried tracking the pin particles and he couldn't, uh, place it on Earth. And it turns out the dimension that was sort of intruding onto the Earth earlier was uh, sort of being shunted off. So this was so the aim base was in between universes. Yeah. And so he started to resync it with reality. He's called in for help from the Avengers, and Monica puts a kill order on Eric and Hank. Uh, and then the Avengers and Avengers Academy show up, uh, and. As the save the day. Yeah. Uh, Eric uh, tries to help Anesthesia, who's carrying her father, but she really doesn't trust him because he's a dick. And so the entire base. Well, in that particular situation, both yes and no. I would not trust him in that situation. Yeah, but in that particular situation, she doesn't trust him because he was trying to do the right thing. Yep. And uh, AIM ends up in Earth-9939, which we'll get into in a moment, where they run into the Avengers of that universe. And uh, we cut to, like, a few days later, where Hank finds Eric volunteering at a Janda Van Dyne Center. Uh, His girlfriend shows up and finds out that he was trying to pick up women at a domestic abuse center. And, uh, Hank Again, is... Again, it's basically another episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Because that basically just describes the dentist system right there. Yeah. And, uh, meanwhile, Hank is satisfied that his legacy is more secure now. And he's, uh, like, after this point, he goes back to being an er, giant man. And yes. So, like, that's the big change that comes out of this. But he's still got Bill Foster sort of stuck in this eternal heaven, or I guess hell to some degree. See, yeah, see, because that was the thing. I couldn't tell what the hell was going on in that whole scene with them. Just kind of like they kind of like walk off, but that's really it. So it's like, mm-hmm. what was, what was O'Grady even doing there? Uh, he had to sort of extract the files. Oh, okay. And Jesus wept. Was like, we... That was supposed to be like like this huge like 
crux of the story, but they also didn't really explain it either. Yeah. It, so it kind of lost me, like it wasn't go, like in sync with the rest of the story of like being explained as to what was happening. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it was. It was an artificial heaven, and so, I mean, it was empty on the inside. It was a beautiful paradise, but there was nothing... Really? No, no, that part was all. That part made sense. No, it was all more of like what was going on with the Bill Foster of him trying to like extract him. Did they work? Did they well, save everything? Yeah, no, they they saved him. Okay. Because he sort of got out of inception mode, and because he had saved Bill Foster, then there was like a bunch of things too that didn't make sense. Which is why don't they bring him back then? Yeah, we don't really get a wrap up to Bill that. Bill Foster thinks it's just like. And she even just like built like a robot body or something? Like Preston from yeah. the Deadpool series? Just being like a life model decoy? Well, that piece is still there if they ever want to bring back a black character who died, Marvel might want to do that. Yeah. Well, really, before he died, what had he done for like the longest time? Not too much. He was sort of a supporting character. Yeah. He grew big and then he got killed by Ragnarok. Yeah. Oh, evil Thor. Yeah. And, uh... Thor killed him, so... Yep. And, uh... Earth-9939 originally showed up in Death's Head. Back when that was a comic, Death's Head was a uh, Marvel UK comic in the 80s and 90s about a robot who was a freelance peacekeeping agent. You can read that as Bounty Hunter, but he would correct you all the time. They ended up doing a reboot where his... He was at Death's Head 2, also known as Minion. It was made in the year 2020 by AIM. Uh, Reed Richards deprogrammed him, but he still liked violence, and uh, the Baron Strucker of that age fused himself to Death's, to a copy of Death's Head with magic. Uh, the Avengers showed up to fight uh, this version of Baron Strucker, who called himself Charnel. And uh, the Avengers showed up to fight uh, part of them were Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, Punisher, Daredevil, and all of them die. The remaining Avengers show up. They're Rhino, She-Hulk, Captain America, Wolverine, and Wanda. And Reed in this universe has been left as a blob of goo. Uh, Death's Head then shows up with Doctor Necker, who was the AIM scientist who made him, and Tuck, who was sort of his cross-dimensional partner. And the Avengers fight him. Uh, or the Avengers and Death's Head and his party get into a fight. Charnel shows up, uh, kills She-Hulk and some of the other Avengers. So the remaining Avengers and Death's Head uh, load him, load uh, Charnel up with time devices and literally rip him between the start of the time and like thirty thousand years in the future, killing him. And that's nice. really all we see of that universe. But I did want to get an actual multiverse onto this, and I doubt we'll ever actually do a full series coverage of Death's Head. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, we were trying to find an Ant-Man issue to time for the movie that's coming out tomorrow. And we covered all of them with, uh, or we, like, covered all of them with What If Age of Ultron. Yeah, because really there's nothing. Well, there may be a... There's, like, another one that we can cover at a future point, but it was well, also another Ultron-related thing. Yeah, and there was a few more joke universes, but I, oh, I wasn't man. going to waste a Marvel comedy special on Ant-Man. Um, but yeah, if you want to know more about Death's Head, I will link to Akira the Dawn's comic about that, because that's how I learned about Death's Head. Death's Head was a character who crossed over the Marvel Universe, Doctor Who, and Transformers. Nice. Yeah. 
He's like a Mary Sue character. But now it's time for Trials of the Multiverse. And so we're going to be putting on two entries onto our list, both Earth-9939 and I-Heaven. Yes. Because I-Heaven, it is an I-Place where nothing ever happens. Yep. Except updates. Yes. And reminders about updates. Hopefully he never crashes. <laughs> yep. Uh, so Earth-9939, where Baron Strucker is a magic, necromantic, demon robot. Yes. And the remaining Avengers are Rhino, She-Hulk, Punisher, and I think Wolverine shows up at the end when we see AIM there. That is not, like, most not of many of the characters, Luke. It is Rhino, Punisher, Daredevil, and... Oh, it looks, it looks like, um, what's her name? The other Spider-Woman. Not yeah. Jessica Drew. Oh, uh... Julia Carpenter. Yes, Julia Carpenter. Julia Carpenter, Spider-Woman. Yep. I, I forgot to take notes on that part. Yep. Uh, that contradicts the other part you said, if you're saying yeah. Daredevil's dead. Uh, you have a panel where Punisher cries over Daredevil's body because Daredevil was his only friend. I, I've got screen caps of it. And oh, even better. Come on, Sealy. Get it together. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you've got inconsistencies there, but yeah, well, Doctor Strange is... Well, they were sending us in time. We could always just assume the other part takes place afterwards. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, so where do we want to put this universe? A similar post-apocalyptic universe that we have, because this wasn't really well-developed. Might be, uh... You can also tell that he totally took this from one of the 80s universes because Punisher is still rocking the white go-go boots. And has a cool white bandana that goes around his head. Uh, I'm gonna put this right under, uh, what if Ghost Rider fell asleep? I mean, there wasn't much to write home about, and while the team was cool, we don't really get to see them do much. So I put it above Ghost Rider falling asleep because the team is cool. Okay. Mostly for that really cool costume of Rhino. Yeah, that is a uh, cool costume. It's sort of like Rhino meets Strong Guy in a way. Yeah. Like a blue Strong Guy costume. Actually, uh, So that should mean Rhino actually has the horns. It's not... It doesn't seem yeah. to be like part of the suit. It looks like it's actually like a physical part of him. Well, in that case, then I do want to move it up. Uh, are you fine putting it right above the Devil's Disciple, right under what if Wolverine was the worst there is? Yeah. Okay, so Earth 9939 is our new number 55. And I haven't. Well, it sucks to be there, so I put it kind of low. Yeah, I, I might put it in a sort of neutral position. Well, it doesn't have anything necessarily horrible. Uh, what? I mean, it has something horrible in the sense of Goli just Goliath talking about it. Mm -hmm. of, um, there's nothing here to do. Well, our last very religious story... It didn't even look like he had TV there. Our last religious story that was rated, or was ranked very low, was Batman Holy Terror. 
You can put it right above it. Uh, okay, so it is Because both of us all have Apple products, so we at least have to respect it for the eye. <laughs> yeah. So it's still worse than the time I was the Red Skull. Yep. I wish I was dead there. So, I... Uh, heaven is... At least you didn't die. 63. Technically you should have been dead, because Punisher, I believe, was in that issue. He would have shot you. Yep. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, I think that wraps it up for our Ant-Man special. Are you looking forward to the Ant-Man movie? I am. Me too. And all the reviews I've seen have been pretty good. Yeah, I mean... Not from critics, rather. Or even yeah. there, I mean, they're still okay. It's like a 75% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but... Which... Kevin it's Carr gave it four out of five stars. Kevin Carr, friend of the show? Yeah. Hi, Kevin. You aren't listening to this, are you? No. Uh... Yeah, uh, be sure to check out the episode and the image gallery that we've been putting up. Uh, if you've been enjoying the new, shorter uh, version of the intro music, thank you to Tim, who complained that the intro music was way too long at a minute and a half. Damn, that's how long you made the music? <laughs> <laughs> now you know that Devin hasn't been listening to the podcast. Yep, I don't ever listen to the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, well, I started re-listening to the episodes to take notes on what to fix. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah. Remember when we used to do voices? Like this. Or this. Or this! And then Tim complained, and then we had to stop. Yep. Basically, sole listener Tim <laughs> gets to dictate what is happens in the show. But if you want to try and dictate things to us, feel free to message us at multiversalq at gmail.com on Twitter or Facebook at multiversalq we're also on the Tumblr yes or you can leave a comment on our website or if you really want to be awesome you can leave a review on iTunes because leaving reviews on iTunes helps to get us the validity that we need yep and yep. doesn't make Luke cry to himself to sleep at night shut up boy <laughs> and uh yeah, uh, I'm on Twitter, crying about my infinite sadness, at, at Coltreg, K-O-L-T-R-E-G. And I'm at Fred Effett, F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. We'll see you next time for our, uh, Old Man Logan special. Yep. Old Man Logan. That Old Man Logan, he just keeps rolling along. Hey.